Welcome to the podcast! Yeah, it's Beck and Jazeel here, and this is some of the best bits of our show in the last 24 hours. It'll make your wildest dreams come true. Well, it's definitely some bits of the show from the last 24 hours, but we really hope you enjoy it. What have you learnt about this week, Jay? This is actually super fascinating. Well, I found it super fascinating. So since the 1930s, every single car that has ever been made was originally a full-size clay version. Oh, really? Yeah. So every single car, right up until today. Wow, that's really cool. It's nuts. So they make it out of clay just to see what it's going to look like. Yep, to visualize it, to make sure it's looking exactly how they envisioned it. They can make slight alterations. Why clay and not like these days? Would you not think they could like 3D print it? Uh, all very good questions, Beck. So originally they started to make them with steel. And sure. it was so hard they had to grind back and weld and blah, blah, blah. And then they thought, well, why don't we just use clay? So much easier. Yeah, to so change they've been things. doing clay since the 1930s. Uh, the reason that they use clay is because obviously it's so easy to take stuff off and put stuff on. Yeah. You know, it's super easy. Um, so how they do it, this is the process, okay? So they get a steel frame still. Then they cover it in foam, a very generic shape of a car. Yeah. And then they add two inches of clay. And that's what they kind of just shape into a little bit yep. to make the perfect car. Now, yes, you said these days you've got 3D models, you've got all this kind of stuff. Yep. There are three reasons why they still use clay today. Number one, even though you're using like VR or you're looking at a screen 3D model, it's still hard to really grasp what it is. Yep. Plus, you've got aerodynamic testing. Ah, uh, yes. So they need to be able to do that. And you can do that on a computer, but it's not as good. Yep. And then the last one is natural light. When you bring it outside, they want to make sure all the shadows and everything sit right. You could do that if you printed it on a 3D printer, though. Apparently not. Apparently, you need to have a physical car. No, no, car you print it out, out of. It is a physical car. Oh, like but, made out of plastic or whatever? Yeah, yeah, 3D, yeah. 3D printer out of plastic. So clay's better because they can alter instantly. So they okay. have sculptors yeah. that come around and, add, like, even if it, let's say, what, what's your car? Uh, I've got a Toyota Corolla. Okay, so Toyota Corolla. They say that most cars take two years of fine-tuning wow. with a clay model yep. before it actually goes to production. Then why are they? how are they releasing new cars every year then? Well, I guess they've got a lot of people, teams working on different cars, and maybe not everyone gets released. I don't know. No, no, that makes sense. Either way, so what they do is they make the clay version, and they're like, okay, we're happy with it. First, they make the 3D version. Yeah. Then they make the clay version. Then they bring it out to the light. And then they get sculptors to come through and just fine-tune it all. I've never even thought about this before. I, it's blowing my mind. That's really cool. And there's videos of guys literally just sculpting. Yeah. It's Imagine incredible. that's your job. What do you do? I sculpt clay cars. Like, awesome. That's so cool. And then once they've got it perfect, they go back and they remake it. Just okay. to make sure that that's exactly what they want. And they can do that a few times over and over and over. That's so cool. So fascinating. So that's what I learned today. All right, today... It's mm-hmm. all about Play-Doh. Okay. Well, it's very similar to uh, clay. Oh, it is yeah. very. You're right. However, today I learned that Play-Doh originally started as a cleaner for coal residue on home wallpaper in the 1930s. Oh, so you just like, just dab it on the wall and it yes. would get rid of... Wow. It would, yeah, it would get the coal off of... Your wallpaper, but then as like obviously people went into using natural gas for heating, yeah, and they didn't have any any need for this anymore. Also, you don't get that much residue on your wall. No, like, it was really bad because they changed also then to diff- the wallpaper was more vinyl, so it was easy you can wipe it down. Right, but before okay. that, you needed a specific 
Play-Doh. Yeah. Okay. To clean wow. Them. But uh, a nursery school teacher actually helped them repurpose it uh, for kids modelling clay in the fifties, and she also came up with the name Play-Doh. So one oh. of like the people who invented Play-Doh. Yeah. They're like sister-in-law or something worked in nursery school so she, right, she okay. helped them develop it to actually be like a kid's educational toy and then from there in 19 so that was in the 1950s then 1956 it, it came out in a three-pack in a can <laughs> played all in a can it's how ridiculous. did it originally come like for the wallpaper yeah in a can too but then they 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 released in a three-pack yeah okay. but i just couldn't believe that that Play-Doh was originally in a can. Uh, then, by 1964, yep. Play-Doh was then exported to Britain, France, and Italy. Right. Yeah. More than 2 billion cans of Play-Doh were sold between oh. 1955 and 2005. Wow. Yeah. And in 2005, Play-Doh was being sold in 75 countries, 95 million cans a year. That's ridiculous. Such a small, easy idea. Yeah, it was just a cleaning. It was just... A cl- like, could you imagine, like, I don't know, window cleaner now becoming the next big toy? <laughs> every every two-year-old. Yeah. Don't <laughs> put it, it in your mouth. mouth. <laughs> <laughs> which is what I yell at my children with, well, not, they're a bit older now, which you will be yelling at your son oh, very soon. <laughs> Do not put that in your mouth. But, and it was actually introduced into the National Toy Hall of Fame yeah, right in 19, so. 1998. It's a great toy slash oh. dough. Oh, just make dough. <laughs> <laughs> When did it come to Australia? I don't know. I'm guessing probably in the 60s when it was exported to Britain, France, and Italy. It's crazy to think that there was a time where that wasn't a thing. Yeah, I know. Like, it's just so ingrained in your childhood. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's always been a thing. Yeah, Yeah, you would think it was invented to be a kid's toy. Right? No. but Crazy. Cleaning product. But it it snowballed in my head, as things normally do. (laughs) And it just got me thinking about all the toys that I grew up with. And I was just getting some real nostalgic feelings. What was your favorite toy growing up? If you had, you just got one, you could bring it back right now and play with it for an hour. What is it? Well, you probably won't be surprised. And I wonder if you know this. I specifically remember having one of these and it was purple. It was the original Doodle Bear. Oh. So it was a 14-inch plush bear. It had three washable markers. You could (laughs) draw all over it, chuck it in the washing machine. Yep. Do it all again. I've never actually seen one of them. I, I remember seeing them on like TV and stuff, oh. but I never actually in real life got to hold one. Yeah, I had one. So if anything, you'd bring that I'd straight bring back. I'd bring the doodle wear back because, you know me, I love doodling. Of drawing. course. Yeah. So, yeah, bring it on. Give me a doodle bear, someone. Whew. What a hoot that was. That was. Oh, I'm yeah. tired just from listening to it. Oh, I'm energized. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, if you want more from The Drive Show, just visit 985.com. And don't forget, you can tune in live anytime for more of this great banter.